Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlocked big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today, we will unlock the book Let My People Go Surfing. This book is a wonderful case study of how a company can develop steadily and achieve corporate success, employee pride, customer recognition, and social acclaim, while making environmental protection a cornerstone of its corporate philosophy. The author of this book, Yvonne Chouinard, was born in 1938. His father, who worked as a plasterer, carpenter, electrician, and plumber, was a tough man who once pulled out his own teeth with the help of an electrician's pliers and a dram of whiskey. Under his father's influence, Chouinard was encouraged to be fearless, and he enjoyed outdoor sports such as mountaineering and rock climbing. When he was eight years old, Chouinard and his family moved to California, where he took to the state's vast natural environment like a duck to water. As a teenager, Chouinard and his friends set up the Southern California Falconry Club, which involved him hoisting himself from a cliff with a lasso to reach an eagle's nest on a crag. During these excursions, Chouinard discovered that the soft iron pitons that were popular at the time were imported from Europe and were disposable, once used, they were permanently embedded in the rock, and once removed, the piton heads would crack. This was because the European attitude to rock climbing was one of conquest. Leaving the pitons in place made the climb easier for those who came after them. However, Chouinard wanted to explore nature without leaving a trace, so he began producing pitons for himself and his friends. Before long, members of their social circle began to commission them too. They became popular with climbers because they were rugged, durable, and reusable. Orders for equipment grew, and the Chouinard Equipment Company was born. However, the production of climbing gear was insufficient to support the company's development, so his thoughts drifted to the more promising field of outdoor clothing. He decided to produce goods such as climbing sweaters, climbing jackets, and waterproofs. This is how Chouinard's second company, Patagonia, was founded, which would become known as the Gucci of outdoor wear. Patagonia inherited many of the best traditions of the Chouinard Equipment Company, not chasing profit as the primary objective, producing well-made goods, guiding customers in using them for as long as possible, and reducing the consumption of the Earth's resources. This deliberate guidance allows Patagonia to stand out among its peers. In a consumerist context where almost all companies try to guide their customers toward consuming as much and as quickly as possible, Patagonia somehow actively curbs their impulse to consume. So why did Chouinard and Patagonia choose such a different business philosophy from consumerism? Why has he been successful? What does his success reveal about other businesses? In what follows, we will get to know the main points of the book in three parts. Part 1, Being an Evergreen Company. Part 2, Creating a Family-Like Work Environment. Part 3, Modeling an Anti-Consumerist Company. Part 1, Being an Evergreen Company. Chenard is determined to make the best products. He started Chenard Equipment in the first place after realizing that none of the climbing equipment available at the time was as good as it could be. After making the best climbing gear globally, Chenard wasn't content to produce run-of-the-mill outdoor clothing. He brought his tradition of producing high-quality products to Patagonia, making its outdoor clothing a cut above its peers. There are many factors to consider when designing the best products, who needs it, is it necessary, is it durable, can it be repaired, does it fit well, and is it simple to use? 
Chenard believes that simplicity and practicality are the most important factors to consider. Chenard believes that products should be as simple as possible and that this should be the case for product design, demand, and production. Functional products should be minimalist in product design, clean-cut with elegant yet straightforward curves and colors, with a powerful core free from unnecessary decoration and unused functions. In terms of demand, he believes that the priority should be what customers themselves want from the products, offering only enough choice in the necessary dimensions such as size and color. An overly complex design often means that functional needs aren't successfully met or that many useless options have been included. In terms of production, complex product lines can easily become unwieldy and make the workload orders of magnitude larger. In contrast, simple products require far fewer components, which means faster production processes, fewer errors, and fewer quality problems. Thus, simplicity is highly prized in Chenard's product philosophy. Practicality is also an essential component for Chenard. In his view, practicality means putting product functionality at the forefront of industrial design. A piton for mountaineering should hold to the rock firmly and be reusable. Thermal underwear must keep you warm, carry away moisture through the wicking action, and be breathable and dry quickly. Apart from being waterproof, climbing jackets need to be breathable enough and allow for all-around arm movement. In short, it means that the product should have all those features that the user needs it to have when using it. So, unlike fashion clothing designed from the fabric up, Patagonia's outdoor clothing is often designed with functionality in mind before sourcing suitable material. Furthermore, in Chenard's view, the practicality of a product is reflected in its multifunctionality. If one tool can fulfill two tools' functions, it naturally becomes more practical. For example, Patagonia once produced a rock climbing backpack that was padded with a foam sheet so that the climber would feel more comfortable carrying it. The foam sheet was removable and could be used as a cushion at cold campsites or even as a splint in case of accidental fractures. Many Patagonia climbing jackets can also be used for conquering granite rock faces and frequently appear on ski slopes. They can be worn over a suit during snowstorms so that the user does not have to buy a separate warm jacket for rare occasions. In short, to make the product more practical, Patagonia takes great care in the functionality of the product to satisfy the user's multifunctional needs. In addition to producing the best products, Chenard also aspires to make Patagonia an evergreen company that will exist in the market for a hundred years. This requires great sensitivity to market changes in the company's development strategy, not putting all its eggs in one basket. First of all, Chenard is very conscious of product line diversification. Even if a product meets the market demand, Chenard continues to develop better products, enriching the product line and always keeping the future in mind. For example, climbing sweaters need good heat retention qualities and strong moisture-wicking properties. At a time when similar products were just made from moisture-wicking fabrics such as cotton or wool, Patagonia took inspiration from the synthetic sweaters worn by North Atlantic fishermen and found a polyester fabric called polar fleece that both absorbed moisture and insulated. With it, Chenard developed a new type of mountain sweater. The sweaters were surprisingly warm and very good at keeping warm in wet conditions, they dried quickly and were well adapted to the changing climate in the mountains, so the market hailed them. But they also had a downside, they tended to pill. Instead of stopping there, Chenard worked on improving their quality and tried to solve the problem.
In the end, they developed a reversible fleece fabric called Sinkilla, which was non-pilling and softer. Second, Chenard also focuses on sales channel diversification. In addition to the more traditional wholesale channels, Patagonia boasts its own retail shops, a mail-order system, and e-commerce platforms. In Chenard's view, few companies are proficient in all four of these retail streams. However, once they have been mastered, the combined effect of these four distribution methods is impressive and significantly improves the company's overall sales stability. Chenard's desire to open a store that lasts for a hundred years could not be accomplished without the support of a consistent branding strategy, with which he always takes a pragmatic approach, do the simplest marketing possible and tell people who they are. Some companies create a virtual image, like the Marlboro Man. Others engage in staged acts of caring, like Chevrolet's television commercials. On the other hand, Patagonia's image is based on its values, outdoor pursuits, and the passion of its founders and employees, giving people a realistic idea of who they are. When it comes to marketing, Patagonia follows three simple general guidelines. The first is finding and inspiring like-minded people. Their catalog tells real stories about the Patagonian attitude to life, the environment, and nature. For example, they asked their customers to capture a Patagoniac and received many wonderful real-life photos to display in it. These included pictures of climbers picnicking on the hood of a rusty Chevrolet under a rock face, travelers disembarking from a small boat, skiers rising with glee from a faceplant in the freshly fallen snow, and sailors resting on deck from exhaustion. The second is not to buy credibility but to earn it. For Patagonia, the best resources are word of mouth and favorable press commentary. They don't pitch to customers using aggressive advertising, instead, they believe a recommendation from a friend whom the customer trusts is more likely to impress. Therefore, the best thing to do is make a good product and win customers over by word of mouth. Editorial coverage is also essential. Independent coverage with positive reviews is much more effective than advertising, so Patagonia actively takes the initiative to create stories worthy of media coverage. The third is to keep strict limits on advertising investment, as, for customers, this is the worst in terms of the credibility of information sources. Patagonia views advertising as a marketing tool of last resort and typically only advertises in specialist sports magazines, spending less than 1% of the company's sales on advertising. In such cases, Patagonia seeks to make a quick and timely impression through its ads, so that Patagonia's photos are often the best ones in the magazines. That concludes part one of the Patagonia case study. Chenard wants to make the best products that are simple and practical. He wants to run a business that will last for a hundred years, and he allows the diversity of product lines and marketing channels to help him adapt to market changes. Lastly, he prefers direct marketing, telling people who Patagonia is, and letting the best products speak for him. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for Buki at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now. Dir hat dieser Podcast gefallen? Dann klicke jetzt auf Abonnieren und empfehle ihn weiter. Bleib immer auf dem Laufenden und folge uns bei Twitter, Instagram und Facebook. Mehr Podcasts findest du auf meinpodcast.de.